Irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. You're listening to the Power of Love Radio Show only on LA Talk Radio. Welcome to the Power of Love Radio Show, sponsored by the Dee Dee Jackson Foundation, where we shine a light on loss and grief and how it impacts our lives. We are here to provide hope, resources, and a community so no one feels alone in their grief. We believe that through the power of love that nothing is impossible with love on your side. I am TJ Jackson, and I'm here with my brothers, Terrell. Hello, everyone. <laughs> I was waiting to see if you were going to say Yeah, no I know. I wanted to see if you are ready. And, and Taj Jackson. Hello. Um, and... I guess, well, we have a guest today, but before I introduce the guest, there's a couple of things that I wanted to talk to you guys about. Um, first of all, this election here in the States is is pretty wild. Um, to say it was a, a shock, an upset, I think is an understatement. Um, but I don't want to go too far into it because that's not what today's show is about, but I urge everyone to unite and... Uh, be the best you can for for our country and um, for humanity in a sense. Um, so put all the emotions aside and, and just try to uh, be one. Taj, Terrell, you guys have anything well, to well add? Said. Yeah, that's pretty, that was well said. Pretty good. Were you guys shocked? I raised you well. <laughs> <laughs> Were you guys shocked? Yes and no. Uh, yes and no. Yeah, yes and no. I um, I. My voice sounds like this because I didn't go to sleep till seven in the morning. I was actually watching news. Uh, yeah, and checking social media, just the reactions and stuff. And it, yeah, you I mean, sound down, actually, huh? You sound down. I'm actually, I wasn't shocked. Unfortunately, um, I don't know. Maybe it's because of what our family's gone through with yeah. the media and, and and people's opinion. So it didn't shock me to know that you know people can believe what they want to believe. Yeah. And I have to say, you're out of us three. You're the most, I think, politically driven. Yeah, that's the wrong term, but you know what I mean. The one who was was politically educated. <laughs> I don't like using <laughs> yeah, the word education yeah, with ahead. you. Yes. but yeah, something like that. Um, yeah, <laughs> you follow it the most. I follow it the most. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and, and it's funny because I think it's as I get older and um, that I just follow it. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't have any kids yet, so but yeah. I still mm-hmm. I care so much about you know, the future for children. Cause yeah. I, I want to bring a child into this world and I got to make sure it's right. Yeah. 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 Scary times. What do you got Terrell? No, I'm just, uh, I don't get into politics too much, but I think, I think it just, it opens everyone's eyes, I, th- I guess, you know, and we get to see how things are right now instead of always having a mask on things. Um, it's, uh, like, like Todd, like I said earlier and Todd just said, I'm, I'm, Surprised, but I'm not. You yeah. know, um, yeah. Well, I, I'm I'm optimistic that I'm hoping that Trump was is more bark than bite. Um, I was at least pleased with his uh, his his little speech after he, Afterwards, he yeah. won, where it was very chill and and about unity and seemed very. And it's sad to say this, but seemed very mature, you know, mm-hmm. and 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 real. So I hope we get that side more than the attacking side that that we've seen. Um, but like I, I, I said, I didn't follow it that much. Yeah. I have to be honest. I didn't I either because I don't really do the politics thing. So yeah. I didn't. I, I'm not really educated and don't know too much about both parties. Yeah. To really um, sit here and, and talk about it. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I think from what I did see, I think uh, I think I guess maybe Trump did some things to to get the win. Yeah, you know, um, it was all about getting votes, and yeah. sometimes you do whatever you got to do to get the votes. He and then was smarter once, about it. Yeah, once yeah. you get the votes, then you do what you got to do. So hopefully, um, hopefully he'll be good for for all of us. Yeah, we'll see. I, yeah, I mean, we got to be optimistic, but I also think that it's all who he elects as well. Yeah, he's got a lot of power. Yeah, to elect people now, and and that can change a lot of things in a lot of people's lives. Yeah, but we do encourage everybody to get out there and vote. Yeah, right. Well, next time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Next, next time. Don't go now. You'll, well, you'll well be it's here. important. Yeah. yeah. But next time. This is, yeah. You got to vote. Yeah. All right. Well, we're live on the Power of Love radio show. And um, if you're listening to us right now, thanks for joining us. 
later on in our show we'll be opening it up to taking a few questions on Twitter mm-hmm. so if you have a question about the topic which I guess I can reveal um, or should I wait I think you already revealed no, it I on haven't. social media oh I did on social media well we'll keep it there if you have any questions about the topic <laughs> that we're going to talk about and you want to ask a question or make a comment you can reach us at on Twitter at DDJ Foundation um, another important announcement we want to talk about is our Costume for Cause, the D.D. Jackson mm. Foundation Costume for Cause party Yeah, that was held, um, what was it, a week and a half ago? Yeah. yeah. Not last Sunday, the Sunday before. Um, so, Todd, you want, you want to talk about it? I'm still exhausted from it. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I mean, you know, I just want to thank everyone that supported it. You know, we have a couple of sponsors, you know. There's a lot of sponsors, but um, I'm going to break them into little categories right now because, um, but Pepsi, you awesome. know, of course, thank you for supporting our family throughout these years too. Um, LA Splash Cosmetics, which was our very first sponsor. So Sweet. We want to thank, thank you, you as LA well. Splash. And Mama's Boy, which, um, hmm. you know, was a very big hit awesome. at the party. So we want to thank, you know, them as well. And TLK Fusion. Cool. You know, um, they were the ones that kind of helped us get everything together in terms of sponsors wise pretty much and should I keep going? I think you should I think you should just knock them out loud okay I'll knock I'll knock them out um, Tacos, well, Tacos Way Sorry. and I heard those went quickly those went quickly <laughs> yeah there's a line for that and, okay oh, gosh I don't know how to pronounce this if it's it's uh, if it's Tretch or Treach don't know Seller. Sellers don't know how do you spell it? T-R-E-A-T-C-H Tretch. Tretch? Yeah. We're going to go with Tretch. Tretch Sellers. So thank you very much. And Frisco Sellers as well. And then Frisco Restaurants. And last but not least, Shaved LA. Mm. Which is Shaved Ice, right? You had one of those, didn't you? I did. I did at the very end. What else did you guys have? have? What else did you partake in? A Pepsi, of of course. (laughs) I don't do beer. but The only thing I got was the Shaved LA thing. I I was running around. I I was in line for tacos and and the sliders. I could have used a drink or two, but yeah. But really, thank you all your, your sponsors for, for, for putting, helping us put that, that, um, that event together. Mm-hmm. It was huge for our foundation. And, and uh, they're sponsoring the show as well, this show. Awesome. So yeah. We'll be repeating this for next week and the week after a couple of them. Cool. No, it was a, it was a great event. Um, it was a good fundraising event. We raised money for the cause, and, and we brought awareness to, to a lot of people. And hopefully those there will spread the word and... It's gonna be um, it's gonna be fun from this point on. And, and the costumes were good. I gotta yeah. say, Terrell, you ha- I think you had the best costume really? of the night. Yeah, man. <laughs> I walked into him and didn't even know it was my own brother. And it's not like he had a mask on. It was just well done. It was. I was very surprised that he went that <laughs> that he really? went full out on that. So I'm very, very impressed. impressed. But it was also cool because you know we all danced to. Well, I didn't dance, but to Jackson music. You yeah, know, it was mm-hmm. it was great in that way seeing people dance to that. So. Cool, cool. So, um, anything yeah. else regarding the party? No, I also just want to thank the board members at the yeah. yeah, you know, for coming through and um, and all the volunteers as well. Good mm-hmm. one, good one. Um, okay, so we, as we always say, we're not licensed therapists. We're just ordinary people who have experienced loss in our lives. We've been impacted by loss, and we've learned from loss. And we're here to share our opinions and attempt to help you overcome what you're going through. So saying that, if you need professional help, we urge you to seek and find it. Don't rely on us. We're not licensed to give help, but we just want to open up the conversation and make sure you feel that you're not alone. Um, Taj, do you want to do the social handles before I introduce our guests? Sure. Um, Twitter is at DDJ Foundation. Facebook is D-E-E-D-E-E Jackson Foundation. Instagram is at D-E-E-D-E-E Jackson Foundation. And the website is www.ddjf.org. Cool. So um, today's guest is someone that I've known actually for a little over a year now. (laughs) And... um, I have to say, before obviously, as Taj and Terrell, we know, we've always been kind of, um, I should say it this way, before we decided on what the D.D. Jackson Foundation was going to be about loss and grief, there was a couple other um, foundations we were thinking of, of kind of gearing the foundation to, and one of them was Alzheimer's, 
because it impacts our mother's side of the family um, pretty deeply. We lost our grandmother to it, our mother's mother, and um, an aunt to it, and another aunt is, is diagnosed. So um, it's something that's very dear to our hearts, and finding the cure and, and helping people become aware of it and, and learn how to cope and deal with it is something that's very important to us. So with that said, I'm doing my second I actually did uh, a 12, no, I did the marathon. Yeah. The LA Marathon. The LA Marathon, <laughs> which, yeah. by the, the way, thing. I can't even run two miles now. It's sad. I don't know what. It must be a mental yeah. thing. But um, did a, the LA Marathon and represented Alzheimer's and did last year's walk representing Alzheimer's. And this Saturday, I'm doing the walk representing um, Alzheimer's. And Daniela was, was the one who kind of helped me get there. Our guest today, Daniela Sarmina is from the Alzheimer's Association, the California Southland chapter. So with that said, um, thank you for coming on. Oh, thank Daniela, you so much for having me. On such a short <laughs> notice, too. Um, it, it was, you know, very, very thankful to have you. So um, what I think people don't understand is that Alzheimer's, I, I'm not sure if you're aware of it. We learned about it as teens because, like I said, our grandmother, we saw her deteriorate and suffer through it and go from a grandmother who knew all of our names, obviously, and would talk to us, to one that literally didn't know us from anyone. And and each and every time we saw her, we had to, in a sense, reintroduce ourselves and re-catch her up on what was going on. And it was um, it's a very tough time. Cheryl, do you remember anything? I remember all too well. But first, I think we should ask you, what sure. is... What is Alzheimer's? So Alzheimer's is um, a disease, a cognitive disease, um, where basically folks um, begin to decline cognitively. Um, and what ends up happening is essentially you think of, of your brain and it just starts to deteriorate and get smaller and smaller. And your brain is you know, you're the main hub, the control center of your entire body. So little by little, you begin to lose the ability to do pretty much everything. Um, that includes swallowing. That includes eventually breathing, and that's how people eventually pass away from it. Mm. And I knew it was one of the leading causes of death. I actually didn't know it was this high on the list. Mm-hmm. It's the sixth leading cause of death. It is. It is in the nation. Um, it's uh, and there's over five million Americans that are currently suffering from it, and many, many millions more that are caring currently for the people that have Alzheimer's disease. And mm. um, a lot of those caregivers, many of them suffer from depression. They suffer from exhaustion, um, burnout, all sorts of different things. So it's just it it hits a lot of people. You know, it has a really, really big impact, um, obviously on families as well, mm-hmm. psychologically. So it's it's huge. Mm-hmm. What can well another thing I, I want to point out is I didn't know that until t- this until today is that it if it's what did you call it disproportionately oh yes it disproportionately affects women mm-hmm. um, so if you think about it this way women typically live longer so it's possible that more women are being diagnosed because they are living longer um, but it does at this point we have found uh, that more women have it. Um, and they are also disproportionately affected because women are more likely to be caregivers um, for the people that have Alzheimer's disease. So again, same thing we were talking about. It's a very difficult disease for caregivers. So women just across the board um, are affected the most. I see. I see. Um, go ahead, Tara. What no. What a, so is this something you can get tested for? or There are um, tests. Okay. Um, it's not an easy test, so it's not like a simple blood test or anything like that. There are cognitive tests that you can go through. You can get MRIs. Um, but as you can imagine, it's pretty um, expensive to have a lot of those mm-hmm. things. So many people go undiagnosed. Um, just recently, um, there was an approval... I want to see the federal government, or it might have been California. Um, I'll have to fact check. But um, they basically approved um, to approved funds for Medi-Cal to actually um, help with the oh. diagnosis of um, Alzheimer's disease. Oh, that's so that's huge. Yeah. It's huge because especially for communities of color, um, they they go you know underrepresented in a lot of the statistics because they are not getting diagnosed as frequently. Mm. And and yeah. what age grade? What age group are we speaking of normally? 
So normally it affects persons over 65. That's kind of when people are at their highest risk. But more and more we're finding people that are getting it early. Um, and that's called early onset Alzheimer's. Um, I just met a gentleman um, a couple of months ago. He actually threw out the first pitch at the Dodgers game. That we had a, an Alzheimer's awareness Dodgers game. So he threw out the first pitch. I believe he's in his uh, mid-50s, mm. and he is diagnosed. Um, he's not uh, com- you know, really far along, um, but definitely it you can tell, you know, when when you speak with him, when you interact with him, and he knows, obviously, you know. So um, the Dodgers game was really important for him because it was the first time that he kind of came out publicly within his community to let mm. everyone know. Um, but the support he received from everyone was just amazing. Um, and so that's really helping him kind of to, to cope with, with everything that's going on. I, I, I just think if you find out you have Alzheimer's, What's the common reaction you, you usually see when someone realizes? Is it is it um, skepticism? Is it fear? Is it what kind of things do you see? I mean, someone? it's all all sorts of things, and it really depends on the person. Um, I mean, if you think of it as as a loss, you know, in that sense, um, you know, there's denial, there's anger, there's all those different things. You know, there's um, bargaining. Please, you know, don't let this be happening to me. So it's it's a very similar reaction to you know, when you lose somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, because in, in that sense, you know that you're kind of losing yourself eventually. And I, I have a, a small conf- confession, not that I have it, but I have a horrible memory. Mm-hmm. And I always, not always, but often think maybe I have or I'm going to have it. Do you know if that's a correlation at all? That since even at a young age, I had a horrible me- Hopefully it's just because i don't pay attention or I have a lot going on. <laughs> you know, but, we, we actually do get that question a lot. So much that we have um, a lot of pamphlets and we have a lot of information online that you can you can take a look at um, that kind of helps differentiate what normal aging is versus, mm-hmm. you know, when there's issues. So I believe the way that they put it is it's not forgetting how it's not forgetting somebody's phone number. It's forgetting what a phone is. Mm. Does that make sense? So it's... So it is different. Yes, okay. there's a difference. Um, but if you go on... Yeah, like I said, if you go online, you can... There's all sorts of material that we have on our, our website that kind of... You know, there's even kind of like a little quiz. Because a lot of people are like, oh, I forgot my friend's birthday. It's so it's not, not lyrics. It's not, it's not lyrics. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's definitely not lyrics. It goes beyond that. It's, um, you know, getting lost on the way home. It's um, yeah. getting confused oh. about things that you used to do every single day. Um, that's what we get, I think, the most... Um, uh, feedback from from caregivers that observe, you know, their their loved ones as they're kind of declining is that they they no longer recognize, like I said, like what a cell phone is or what it's used for. Um, so not so much like the phone numbers that they can't remember. You mentioned there's kind of like a pre-test someone at home can take by going to is it your website or yes, yes, can you yes. tell us the website? Yes, absolutely. So you can go to www.alz.org backslash SoCal, so S-O-C-A-L, and that'll take you to all sorts of information, um, both locally, um, and then also you can, wherever you are in the nation, if you go to ALZ.org, you can enter your zip code and it'll give you the information for your local office. So local services, all that type of stuff, um, they're readily available. Um, All you have to do is is log on. Cool, and what, okay, I... I should also, now's a good time to actually talk about the 1-800 number. Yes. Do you want to do that as well? Sure, sure. Yeah. So one of the the biggest, uh, the greatest services I think that we have is that we have a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week helpline um, that you can access. You can call from anywhere in the nation, um, and you can have basically information about anything. Um, they, the people that work there or that work the helpline are trained um, clinicians, um, so they can handle crisis situations, um, which happen very mm-hmm. often. You know, caregivers who are very frustrated sometimes call and, hey, you know, my, my mother won't go to sleep or this is happening or I really just need to talk to somebody. Um, so you can call from, with any issues, 
even for, to that extent, um, to just, hey, I've got some questions about long-term care planning, or I want to find ways to get involved, I want to volunteer, I want to raise money. Anything you have um, as far as a question, you can call that line, um, and they will direct you to a local office if needed, or they'll provide you this uh, information on the spot. And that number is 800-272-3900. Again, 800-272-3900. Question. Yes. So if you are diagnosed with this, what is Mm -hmm. something you can do? Is there any... I would suggest um, really reaching out to organizations such as ours Mm -hmm. um, because they can give you a better idea of what to expect in the future because obviously they've seen it. Um, If you have it, and I would suggest looking at long-term planning, um, it's a difficult conversation to have, I think, to start thinking about um, end-of-life you know, mm-hmm. services and all that type of stuff. And I think that's really why people are kind of scared to even get diagnosed um, because it's scary, obviously. What's like the average lifespan once you're diagnosed? Um, it depends. I've seen people go, you know, like up to 10 years plus with wow. the, with the disease, um, just declining kind of a little by little. Um, but you do get to a point where some of those major decisions you're no longer really able to make. Right. So it is important to have those conversations with your family, with yourself, and and really start that planning going because the last thing you want to do, and that's the hardest thing to do, is is you just don't have any control over anything anymore. And there's nothing you can do to slow the process down. No, there isn't. There's four um, drugs that are currently approved um, to treat the disease, but they do not slow down the progression. They just kind of help alleviate some of the symptoms. And what are some of the things, if you know somebody that's going through this, how can you help them? I would say the first thing is to provide them a safe space to talk about the disease. Um, it's a very isolating disease because if you don't know, uh, if you haven't had the, the, or the experience yourself, um, it's hard for people to understand, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, and it's hard also because as a caregiver or even as a person that has it you go through all sorts of different Mm -hmm. emotions that people might not get you you can be really sad but you can also be really angry at the person that has alzheimer's disease and that doesn't come from a place of of hate it comes Mm -hmm. from a a frustration just any frustration i mean imagine um the frustration you have like when you uh with your kids Mm -hmm. right it's not Mm -hmm. that you're you know i hate my kids it's just something natural that happens but people feel guilty you know um, for having those types of emotions. And so sometimes it's, it's just very difficult for them to find a safe space to talk about these types of things um, to others. Um, that's why I think community support, like I was saying, the gentleman that um, just mm-hmm. um, told his community, I think it's made that a lot easier for him as a transition because he doesn't have to be as embarrassed mm-hmm. if he forgets things. Or I, I feel like over the years it's, it's becoming more, I don't want to say popular, but it's being more talked about, yes. which is helping, you know, for that reason of, of not feeling alone and isolated, exactly. um, but also for awareness, mm-hmm. you know, for, for helping to find a cure. I remember just, and the thing I, I, I like to add is um, with Alzheimer's, I remember it's not only you see the person deteriorate, but like you said, the fact that it seems like you're starting at step one over and over mm-hmm. in a way it can get trying and and just re rehits it for you like the, the sadness for it mm-hmm. so I, I just go ahead Taj. no that's exactly right and i think you know when grandma had it and grandma irma um for me that was the hard thing because every time we saw her she would ask where's where's mm-hmm. your you know where's Didi, where's Dolores? Where's your mom? Yeah, where's your mom? And and so for that was hard because every time we had explained her that she's no longer here, and it was literally every time that we saw her, and that became hard on me. So mm-hmm. I, I actually stopped going because it was it was kind of trying, as you said, but it was also emotionally trying for me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you experience grief over and over and over, and <clears throat> sorry, that's kind of how this disease is. Um if you think of the five different stages of grief that you have, you've got the anger, you've got, well, it's the denial, the anger, um, the bargaining, the depression, and then eventually the acceptance. With Alzheimer's disease, you experience this over and over and over as the person deteriorates. 
So, you know, when they start not being able to wash themselves or, um, you know, that's one loss. Mm -hmm. When they can't feed themselves anymore, that's another loss. When they don't remember you anymore, that's obviously the most significant of all the losses. And so you are continuously kind of just going through um, these stages over and over and over again. So it's it's definitely very trying. Yeah. And, and that was that was the interesting thing, too, is because when my grandma was diagnosed, my mom and Auntie Lourdes were the ones, you know, that were there every day, you know, yeah. taking care of her. So that was the thing. She remembered parts of that, but it's just... Yeah, so I understand. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like every step. It's an incredibly trying um, disease for the family to go through. Um, obviously, I've, I don't, I've never had it, so I don't know what it feels like from their perspective. But from a family's perspective, it's incredibly difficult and trying. And there are there resources on the website as well for yes, that definitely. kind of point of view? Mm-hmm. Of so definitely, um, as we were kind of starting on, the first thing I think you can do is just provide friends the opportunity to um, to just let them know, hey, I'm here and I understand, or I can try to understand, or, you know, if you need to talk. So just providing kind of a, a safe space for them to just be whatever it is that they need to be. And obviously, you're not a licensed therapist, so you're not going to be able probably to understand a lot of that stuff, but then you can shift them over and, you know, provide some other resources. So mm-hmm. on our website, we have all sorts of education. Um, we have um, online support groups. We have in-person support groups. Um just all sorts of different tools and things that they can do um, and, and ways to get involved. Sometimes people like to get involved as volunteers because mm-hmm. that helps empower them. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes they like to be advocates, um, you know, in, in the public policy realm. So they like going to talk to the senators and going to Capitol Hill and doing that whole thing to try to, you know, find a cause. That's also very empowering. So you go on our website you can see that there's plenty of opportunities to to get involved and also plenty of resources as well Um, all of our services are free Um, we provide uh, not only just support groups or or like the helpline but we can actually also provide um, more of a long-term care plan so um, whoever you build the relationship with as far as the clinician on the telephone will actually um, help assign you to someone who will check in with you periodically mm-hmm. um, and help you kind That's of great. start a plan. Yeah, That's it's great. very important to start a plan. And the website again is www.alz.org backslash SoCal, S-O-C-A-L. Is that right? Yes, that's perfect. Perfect. And the national phone number uh, is 800-272-3900. And whether you feel you may, whatever, any concerns you have about Alzheimer's, um, call that number, whether it's a family member, whether you're concerned for yourself, call that number and and go from there. Um, Sarah, you got anything? Yeah. Is there different stages? Because it must be scary. And dangerous also for one that has it to, you know, you, you said um, losing, like losing sense of directions. Yes. So if you're someone that has it and you're you're fine on Monday, on Thursday, you may lose like sense of where you are and how to get back home. Right. So it, it's uh, the decline. I've seen it happen pretty quickly, but it, it's never like just from one day to the other like that. Usually you'll start to see signs that are pretty significant um, pretty early on. Um, but it, there is different stages, um, and at some point you do kind of. Um, a lot of people get like their keys taken away and things like right. that. They're no longer able to drive because you know they can't really operate a vehicle. They get lost, that type of thing. So it's really unsafe for them to but drive. One, but but what I'm trying to say is, on mm-hmm. Monday they may be fine. They may be able to mm-hmm. drive the vehicle and know how to get home. But then a few days later. Is that how it is? or um, You know, I'd, I'd probably have to double check. I don't think that it happens like that quickly from one day to the other. You can't go it's back and of, forth? No, no, no. So it's once you forget like, where you live, you forget where you live? It can kind of come back a little bit. Yeah, but okay. once you hit that, that kind stage, of it's kind of like you should give, you like, could pass the key. Exactly, right. exactly. When okay. someone hits that stage, it's really, it's not a, it's not okay, safe. I'll give you the keys today, but right. maybe not tomorrow. No, at that right. point, it's, and that's really difficult for people as well because driving is such a independent thing, mm-hmm. right? You know, and, mm-hmm. and so people don't want that um, taken away from them. There's a really, really good uh, documentary that is difficult to watch. I mean, because, you know, emotionally you're just like, oh. Um, but it's, uh, it's by HBO. I want to see it's called The Alzheimer's Project. 
Mm. Um, it's really, really good. So if you don't know anything about Alzheimer's disease at all and kind of want to get a firsthand experience that, um, a perspective from people that have it and people um, that are taking care of them, you can watch that documentary. It's really, really good. <coughs> Alzheimer's Project. Alzheimer's Project. And you know, mm -hmm. I, I was on a flight home from Europe and I watched the movie... Um, I forgot with the female actress who's very oh still Alice yeah what? redhead yeah, Ju yes. Julianne Moore yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Julianne that was a good movie it was very and, good and and if you don't if you're not into <laughs> documentaries and more into movies mm. watch that movie so you can Which get movie? A, still still Alice, Alice. Mm -hmm. did she win an award for that mm -hmm. <coughs> she won um, a best Oscar. Taji. She won Best Actress. He's supposed to be our movie buff. Yeah, I got Julianne Moore, okay? so <laughs> And he's looking at me like, yeah, I didn't see the movie, by the way. So. It's good. Did yeah. you see that on the plane, TJ? I did. I remember, I remember when you said that. that. It was oh, good, man. man. Yeah. Did that you hold recently, it together? Because right? that would have been... Like, I did. It's just... It was about a couple years ago, but it, it's just... It's a devastating disease, and you just see how it affects the family and... and 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 just to say it affects the family is one thing, but to see how it affects everything from the finances to to the relationships to mm. just everything, you know, just yeah. to because what people don't understand is, Danielle, correct me if I'm wrong. Pri the primary caregiver for them is usually another family member, so in a way they lose their quote unquote life. Mm -hmm. So yeah. now they're dedicating their time. Oh dealing with with seeing their loved one just deteriorate mm -hmm. and often they you know they don't have a social life you oh. know, they don't have a lot of friends they have to stay at home because it becomes a 24-hour thing you know and, to take care of them and so it's really and then it's trying on them yeah. and, and their lives and then it affects how their relationship is with their kids or you know it's it's like you said it's it can be frustrating you know mm -hmm. and and it's out of love you know, it's not a, a hate thing. It's just, it's a tough disease. Mm -hmm. And now that, since we're talking about family caregivers, I'm seeing that they spend more than 5000 a year caring for someone. This is on the ALZ.org mm -hmm. site, which for some families means missing a vacation, but for others it may mean going hungry. So it's, it's. I think you told us earlier, Danielle, that it's the most expensive disease. It is. It is in the U.S., so it's it's something that's very serious, and I hope we're making progress overall. We are. We, are. we have a very large advocate base, um, and that's really, I mean, if you think of any of the other diseases that have had huge breakthroughs with um, cures and that type of thing, treatments, um, they had a, a big... Uh, funding from the federal government mm -hmm. from you know so that's really something that we are working we on haven't gotten building. that yet we we've gotten some okay um there's a hope act that you know if yeah. you want details on you can look online um that's all again it's on the website all of our public policy um so if you want to know hey what are some of the laws or some of the things that are coming into effect all of that information is on the website as well um but yeah our public policy um Efforts are huge right now. Um, we have a, a huge event that we go to Washington D.C. for, um, and you know we just try to turn it into a sea of purple because purple yeah, is our I color. And I love that. Um, we do that locally um, in every state as well, so you can go to Sacramento and also uh, do that. So it's huge, and so we're really we're trying to to bring the. Alzheimer's to the forefront of conversation. We yeah. want people to talk about it. So we want the movies. We want all of these things because, A, we want to add or uh, get rid of the stigma, right? We want people to be able to talk about this disease without being embarrassed. So we want to do that. And then also we just want to make sure that, you know, our policy makers know that this is an important disease, that it affects a lot of people, and that they should be doing the most that they can to help us find a cure or a viable treatment and provide support for the people that are, are dealing with it. And it's, I guess it's important to know, I, I saw here too, that 66 seconds, every 66 seconds, someone is diagnosed with it. Wow. Mm -hmm. um, it. It claims more lives than breast cancer and prostate cancer combined. And uh, there's no survivors. I mean, and there's, there's survivors no survi of, of those right. things. There's no survivors. So. And November is Alzheimer's Month yes. Association's, I guess, Al Alzheimer's Disease Awareness and Caregivers Month. Um, and who are some of the, I, I should ask this, who are some of the popular figures who have passed from Alzheimer's? I believe. I, I know, it's Ronald Reagan. Ronald right? Reagan. Mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, the gentleman that just passed away. Uh, that, was it an actor? Pure imagination. Uh, he was Willy Wonka. 
Oh, yeah. Gene yeah. Wilder. Gene Wilder. Yes, yeah. Gene Wilder. And what's oh. his was he was keeping it private, right? Yeah, because he yeah he didn't want kids. I read somewhere he didn't want kids oh. to come up to him. Ugh. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Yeah. Yes. Um, so th- there's been a lot, a lot of notable p- people. Those are the two or the most recent that I can think of, at least that I, yeah. you know, because for me, I, I'm very, I'm hyper aware, obviously, of yeah. when people pass, you know, mm. things like that. But that was also somebody that I grew up watching mm-hmm. because, well, mm-hmm. you know, Willy Wonka was like my favorite mm-hmm. movie. Yeah, yeah, it continues to be one of my <laughs> yeah. favorites. You know, the, it's magical. Yeah, yeah. And so it was, oh, it was a big, big hit for me. And we actually, we did a small tribute to him at one of our uh, walks in Santa Monica. And I was just like, oh, I got to like take a step back because I'm going to lose it right now. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was rough. And he, um, well, I shouldn't say he, but can you explain how Alzheimer's differs from other dementias? Uh, sure. Let me ask you like this. Is Alzheimer's a dementia? Yes. So Alzheimer's is a dementia. You can think of dementia as kind of an umbrella. So you can have dementia for all, from all sorts of different other diseases um, as well. Um, so it can be kind of like something that happens to you if you have um, hypertension or something along those lines. Um, but Alzheimer's is the most uh, common form of dementia. So uh, under the umbrella, it's the most common form. But you can have it from other um, things as well. Um, and we actually work with people that also are dealing with related dementia. So it's not just Alzheimer's disease. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and it's hereditary, basically. Is it, or is it what? Because one of the um, someone... One of the um, questions? Yes. It uh, might be a good time for questions. <laughs> oh. As well. We have some social we media. Have, we actually have a lot of questions, already. so I, I think we should get to some of them before it time. Um, yours truly, April, um, she asked Daniela, um, basically, she heard that that um, consuming lots of bread can cause Alzheimer's disease. I heard this on a doctor show I was watching. That's true. I mean, there's. I know. I'm sure there's a lot of myths and wives' tales. There is. There the is, and that's. I think that's the hardest part right now is that we're trying to do as much research as we can to find a cure, and and with that, there's research, you know, on on all sorts of different things. I mean, just think think about that. Yeah, there's so many different things that you can study that are like, is this related? Yeah. Um, with the bread thing. There, so as as an organization, we don't put ourselves behind um, obviously every single research thing mm-hmm, that comes mm-hmm, out, right? Mm-hmm. Because unless there's a definitive thing that across the board all medical you know persons agree, hey, this definitely is something that causes it, we're not going to put ourselves behind it. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of things that that have been kind of proven to help. Um, so one of the diets that's recommended is a Mediter- Mediterranean diet. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you know so what that is? Mediterranean. Mediterranean. Diet? Is that I think just it's like fish? Uh, let's look it up. <laughs> yeah, they, they can look it up on the <laughs> internet. Pescatarian. I don't know, man. Yeah. Um, so, so Mediterranean <laughs> diet is one well, of the things. Why, why is that so funny? Is that funny, Todd? <laughs> to tear all it is. Uh, that's so. not funny, right? That's yeah. a good guess. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. I think that. it is fish, I though. I think it might be. Yeah, I, think, I don't lines. think I'm that far off. I don't know why I'm getting laughed at. Mediterranean? Right. Yeah. Mediterranean. Yeah. It's got to be Mediterranean food, no? Mediterranean. I don't know, Terry. Yeah. Hey, fish popped in my head. No, I've been taught to say what pops in my head. <laughs> yeah. So that's what it, I don't know. Oh, that's yeah. pretty funny, too. Um, I'm looking here. Okay. Um, Mediterranean. And then one, I asked sure. you earlier, because you're wearing, I asked you if that was on purpose. Yes. Do you want to? Yes, yes. So I am wearing purple, which is the color of the cause. Um, it's actually the color of lots of different causes, but, you know, is that's it? good. I've, I've seen a couple. I think it might be domestic uh, violence's color as well, which I, I yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and your yeah. phone case as well. Oh, my phone case as well is purple. Um, I try to brand myself as, as much as possible. It was actually when I first started working for the organization, um, it was something that my boss did. Um, all the time whenever he went out. He said, you know, I, I want to be, this is a cause that's important to me and I want to be tied to it to awesome. the bone. You know what I mean? I want when people see me, I want people to know this person is representative of that organization. So I try to brand myself as much as possible. So, so is your closet just all purple pretty much? I have a lot of purple. Do you have a purple pair of jeans? 
Yes, they do. Do you really? Yes, <laughs> they are jeggings. Really? <laughs> yeah. They make those? They do. They do. I used to work at Nordstrom, and I bought them. <laughs> yeah, really? <laughs> yeah. A purple yeah. pair of jeans. Yeah, I have a lot of purple. This is actually, I have two of these same shirts, actually. That's um, great. Um, because good. I, I couldn't find, like, a, a purple colored shirt for the longest time, and then I went into a Banana Republic, and I found two, and I was like, I'm going. I'm getting both, right? <laughs> yes. Um, Todd, what do we got? We have another question um, from E. Gail Richardson. Um, how do you explain to a person who has dementia or borderline Alzheimer's that they're ill, especially when they're com- combative? Oh, my goodness. Ooh, um, That's a hard how one. How do you explain it? It, it? It's difficult, and I think it really, there's no one way mm-hmm. to explain it to the person. Mm-hmm. There's no one formula. And... I would I would just say that you know your loved one best, right? Mm-hmm. So you're I would I would leave that task up to you. It it is going to be difficult though, and so I think I think something that I I try to st- stick with, with with me and my life and just in general is that you can't control other people or their reactions. You can only control your own, mm-hmm. right? So I think being prepared to have that conversation, making sure that you are emotionally prepared, um, that you are physically, you know, just that your your body, everything that you're going to present is sound and, and having resources as mm-hmm. well is the best way to do it. You just want to go in as prepared as possible. Got it. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. There's, yeah, I think there's major denial. Yeah. I'm sure. It sounds like an, yeah. an acceptance. Even from even from caregivers. Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. A lot of time caregivers will be like, mm, I don't think so. You know, she's fine. I think she's fine. You know, that type of thing. That's really difficult, too, because, you know, when it really starts declining very badly, it's like, oh. Are the tests pretty good? Like, do they, can can they kind of um, catch, I don't want to say catch it early, but do they, are they pretty accurate? Do you know? I don't know what the percentage would be as okay. far as how accurate they are. I think we kind of skipped over a little bit of one of the questions you asked was if it's hereditary. Mm-hmm. So there is a gene that has been identified that, people that have it it does increase your likelihood of get it but it doesn't it doesn't mean that you're going to get it for mm-hmm. sure and that's why really more research needs to be done and mm-hmm. that's why we need the government funding what we also need is and this is kind of scary to people but what we also need are people to participate in in clinical trials um both people that have the disease people that don't have the disease um people that have the disease that runs in their family and a lot of times people don't want to know if if they you know have the gene um because it's a scary thing but with even if we had all the money in the world to do research unless we actually have Mm -hmm. people to do the research on and to help us with that part of it um then we're kind of stuck as well, mm-hmm. you know. So how, how would, if you wanted to help in that way, is that mm-hmm. the same thing called the number, the 800 yeah. number? Mm-hmm. We actually have a couple, um, we have a public policy initiative, obviously, where you can sign up to be an advocate so you can help with the funding aspect of it or trying to get the funding. Um, and then we also have um, something called Trial Match, which is something you can sign up for. And it's essentially a database um, for uh, people who are doing this type of research. Um, And then they can find you or you can find them. Like they'll give you a list of all the trials that are in your area. Obviously, research is really specific sometimes. So um, sometimes they have to pick you out of the group instead. But it's essentially a database that you can join to kind of start getting involved with research. Mm -hmm. And that can be not just stuff that's drug related um it could be behavioral changes too because a lot of the research that is coming up um has a lot to do with just lifestyle Mm -hmm. so the a risk reduction which we don't like to call it a prevention because there's not a prevention that you can you know for sure i won't get it Mm -hmm. um but risk reduction does exist and that's really just healthy lifestyle overall so you know um making sure that you are getting enough exercise that you are staying cognitively engaged um you know with other people that you all that type of stuff mm-hmm. and actually if you go on our website there's um, a whole list oh, of, of that as well and that doesn't necessarily st- deny you the chance of getting it no. but it will help reduce yes the, the chance that there's a lot of um research that's coming out about um 
the uh, the relationship between cognitive decline mm-hmm. and people's lifestyle. So and like if they work, if they don't work, you know all that, that all type makes of a stuff. difference. Mm-hmm. Wow. And like I said, it's not like it's definitive. Like yeah. oh, if you have a nine to five job, you're never going to get it. Right. Nothing like that. But it's risk reduction, which is what people. I think like and and need to hear. They need to hear that there's some there's something, hope, yeah, right, yeah. Um, there's one other question, um, and it's from Myra. That's uh, as she says, my grandma had Alzheimer, and um, her daughter, my mother, passed away when my grandma's memory was bad, very bad. Doctors told the family it was better not to tell my grandma that she passed away. She always thought that I was her daughter. Was that good advice? Like. Basically, is lying to them, <laughs> From the you doctors. know, like yeah. <laughs> she doesn't want to go there. <laughs> um, I, wow. I, I want to try to answer. I feel this. like that's yeah. That's more of a matter of opinion. Yeah, I don't. Anything, I don't think you should. Is it, lie. A, is it a harm? Is it harmful to lie? Like you know, I don't think. I think we never lied to Grandma. Like we never said she'll be back or something like when she asked about her mom. Did we? You know what? Um, I think at one point we just we, did. We said she's okay. Yeah. Because what happened was we were trying all different options. Grandma, Grandma Irma would always ask, and it wouldn't just be once a once a visit. It was often two, three times in that visit. Yeah. And then sometimes it was like, "Who are you?" You know, you're just repetitive. It's like you would have to stop and you know explain that she's gone, mm-hmm. and then you know she would cry, and then things would be fine, and then you know it's a cycle. So you just instead of going through it all, she's okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's what it was. There is a tactic that that people have um, where they kind of um, move the energy somewhere else, Mm -hmm. I guess, if Mm -hmm. if you can, I guess, I don't want to call it deflecting, but it kind of is. Mm -hmm. So that would be something like that because that is what happens and that's often where the frustration comes from from caregivers is someone asking the same question over and over and over and over. I mean, it's very common. Um, and so redirecting, I think, is the best way to put it. Redirecting mm-hmm. the attention to something else. And that was difficult, especially mm-hmm. for us, because it wasn't oh. something we were wanting and right. you know, to bring up. I have a question. Sure. Um, is there, like, suffering? Is there pain um, when, if they're diagnosed? Like, when they're going through it, do they, are they hurting? Physically, um I, I mean, I'd have to double check. I don't think there's, it's not like a, like when you have like an ulcer or something. Right. There's like it a seems burning like it's more pain or mental. Like that. It is. It's so more it's of a It's not like they're thing. in pain. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we ever, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but I don't remember seeing Grandma Irma in pain. Uh, I just remember her not knowing. Right. It's like we're meeting her for the first time yeah. over and over and over again. So I don't remember her being in pain. And what's crazy is, and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't really, even when we told her what happened to mom, I don't remember it being... Sinking in? Like yeah, like not really. It was like, oh. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like the... A reaction. That but I'm sure everyone could be yeah. different. But Right. I think, I mean, I, th- I think personally, and mm-hmm. I'm speaking just, you know, from my personal experience and what makes sense to me, um... It's more of a psychological thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about if you've ever had really bad anxiety and, like, you're constantly thinking, like, oh, my gosh, like, this is uncomfortable. You know, like, the, and imagine being diagnosed with it if you still are, you know, lucid enough to where you, you understand that you have it. Um, the idea of talking to people, oh, are they going to notice something? Am I going to say something silly? I'm going in and out of this. I have no control. So, like, thinking of, of the way that you feel, like, at your most anxious is mm-hmm. probably what I would imagine it would kind of feel like, maybe. Yeah. Um, and, and it's confusing. So it's all of the emotions that kind of come with that. And obviously emotions have a physical reaction, right, or are yeah. connected to our, our physical body. So I would imagine that there is um, some sort of a physical effect, but I wouldn't know exactly to say, like, you know, it's not like like a like I said, like something like an ulcer or that type yeah. of a disease where it's obviously. So, and yeah, we have to go shortly. But um, do you want to talk about Saturday's event? Sure. So, um, one of the things that we also uh, like to promote, um, aside from all of our services, um, is the idea of getting involved because it can be very empowering for people. Um, and you know, I've had uh, people get involved in in our walks before who 
you know, afterwards were just like, you know what, that really helped me heal from either my loss or or if you're currently going through it, just being within a community of people that you know understands you, mm-hmm. right? Um, so we have um, a walk to end Alzheimer's. Um, they are held across uh, the U.S. in many, many different communities, over 600 different communities, I believe. Um, and we have one coming up on Saturday, Saturday yeah. for Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a huge, huge event. We're having it at L.A. Live, um, which is in downtown L.A. Um, and you can find more information if you visit our website. Again, that's www.alz.org backslash, backslash SoCal. Uh, there's a, a little banner on there that says, uh, Walk to End Alzheimer's, join us. So you can come. Um, you don't have to fundraise. You can register You know, the day of. You can register um, online uh, You know, now in the, in the couple days before. But we do have um, day of registration if you want to show up that day. I would suggest that you arrive pretty early. Mm-hmm. It starts at 7.30 and the walk starts at 9.00. But the last couple of walks that we have had, we've had a lot of people come pretty late. So uh-oh, then the walk uh-oh. starts, yeah. and then they're still like trying to get checked in. So I would suggest that you, you know, show up a little bit early. Um, the Laker girls are going to be there. Uh, I think we have a couple of the Rams cheerleaders. Um, mm-hmm. We have some Star Wars characters coming. We have a kids section. It's oh, a family right. event. Yeah. And I'll be there. Um, yeah. yeah. It's, I'm coming. It's a really fun family event. We try to make it a day of celebration, even for people that have passed on. Um, we don't want it to be uh, a, a time to mourn. It's more yeah. of a celebration of the lives that they lived, a celebration of the community that we have you know, together, the support that we have. Um, we'll have information there about all the services we provide. Um, yeah. Cool. I think that's it, right? That's cool. Um, well, Danielle, any last 30-second thing you want to talk about or just share i I think you pretty much said it but yeah i mean i just want to say thank you to you guys for you know everything that you you. do i mean this radio show i'm i'm sitting here like you know trying to like not get emotional because just it's such a good happy healthy thing you know and especially when things feel like they're really out of control i think you guys are sending a really beautiful powerful message of of just unity and and love and and so i think that's great and so thank you for giving us the opportunity Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So there you go. Um, we had Daniela Sarmina from the Alzheimer's Association, the Southland chapter. Um, thank you so much, Daniela, for yeah. coming in. And if you're just discovering our show and want to learn more about our foundation, the D.D. Jackson Foundation, please make sure you go to our website. It's www.ddjf.org. Um, Todd, you want to do social handles real quick? Yeah, it's uh, Twitter is at DDJ Foundation. Facebook is D-E-E-D-E-E Jackson Foundation. And Instagram is at D-E-E-D-E-E Jackson Foundation. So that, that's pretty much it. We'll be back next Wednesday from 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Until then, be safe and much love to you all. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Power of Love. We are here to provide hope, resources, and a community so no one feels alone in their grief. Support for our Power of Love radio show comes from a variety of generous donors, including supporters from institutions, individuals, and corporations through the D.D. Jackson Foundation. DDJF is a nonprofit 501c3 organization.